Welcome to the Daily Bible Podcast, a show intended to help you get more out of your everyday time in the Word. This is a ministry of Compass Bible Church in North Texas, and if you'd like to join along with our daily Bible reading program, you can do so by going to compassntx.org and clicking on the Daily Bible Reading tab. Thanks for joining in for today's episode of the Daily Bible Podcast. Hey, welcome to another episode of the Daily Bible Podcast. Welcome to the next episode of the singing Daily Bible Podcast. Pastor Rod's going to sing the entire episode. Ready, go. Psalm 96 says to sing to the Lord a new song, so I'm just trying to do that. There you go. Always always striving to be obedient to the scriptures, which That's is a right. good thing. That's it right. is. It's a good thing. Why are you doing that? I, I'm singing inside. I'm singing in spirit. Oh, that's not what it says, but okay. Making a spoken word. Is this one of those Romans 14 situations? Uh, yeah. And we'll get there in a couple days. Okay. Yeah. I'll I'll pause my questions then. (laughs) Fair enough. Hey, it's Sunday and uh, we hope that you went to church this morning or are planning on going to church this morning and that you, if you are here in North Texas, are joining us. Please. Yes. For church this morning. Please come. Yeah. It's week two. It's, uh. We're going to keep going. And First keep the along. worst, second the best, as they say. Yeah. Third is the one, though, with the hairy chest. Yes. That's, uh, yeah. That's yeah. all you, bro. So I don't I don't know that we're going to keep going on that. You should wear a deep V just so people could see. I think I'll pass. On the third week. I think I'll pass. Yeah. Have you ever seen a worship leader with a very deep V? Yes. It's a bit discomforting. Yep. Yeah. V-neck, in case you were wondering what we were talking about there. Yeah. The V-neck t-shirt. I, those, thankfully those are no longer a big fashion trend but i remember when like it was all the rage you were a deep v and that's kind of and it, the deeper the better like if you could see your navel that was the proper depth yeah i see, was happy with that <laughs> that fashion trend left i i'm about as white as they come and i just that's how you get a good like, tan no but that just shows off the fact that i've got a farmer's tan oh uh, yeah <laughs> so I hated the V-necks. It was like, please, God, take this away. As I was praying a precatory psalms against the, the V-neck. <laughs> Remove these things from my sight. Okay. Well, they're they're gone for now. They'll, they always return, though. Fashion repeats itself. And I, I've it noticed does. that. I've lived long enough now to see some of the things that I thought were cool when I was young. They're cool again. Or they're, they they're, they're were cool for a season, and now they're not cool again. I don't know. I just recognize I need to keep my clothes for as long as I possibly can. And then someday they'll be super on trend. I wonder if starter jackets will come back. Did you ever have a starter jacket? Mm, the brand? Remind me. No. I, okay. No, I did not have that. It uh, the, the, the most, the one that almost everybody had, I had one growing up was a Charlotte Hornets starter jacket. And it oh. was like this like windbreaker material and it was purple and white and it had the logo on it. It, it was, it was you were cool if you had a starter jacket like that growing <laughs> up where I, where I was. I also randomly had a Green Bay Packers starter jacket. I'm like, I'm living oh. in Dallas. I don't even know. Who gave that to you? I don't know. I think I wanted it because I thought they were cool at the time. Oh, young but Pastor PJ. Yeah, I don't anymore. So misled. I would I would welcome windbreakers back, like sweatsuits. I could see that. Yeah. The swish, 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 swish. Like you always yeah. knew when somebody was coming up. They couldn't sneak up on you. Nope. That's for sure. Yeah. yeah. Speaking yeah. of sneaking... New Balance shoes. Have you, do you ever have a pair of those? I did. Those yes. Dad shoes. Yeah. Do you have a pair now? I don't. Mm. I don't have a pair of New Balance shoes. I, I my last pair of running shoes were New Balance shoes. Okay. Yeah. yeah no, but the Dad shoe, the, no, the white one actually, with the I blue lettering. The dad, the dad shoe. No. The Dad shoe is. I mean, I, I saw a version of the Dad shoe by a high end shoe brand. They were like five hundred bucks. I was mortified. And so I you honestly, bought two. I bought three of them just okay. to be sure I had enough. No, those are the ugliest shoes in the world. Like, I, you've got your office dad shoes, your that's home right. dad shoes, your driving dad shoes. I mean, hey, no shade if that's your thing. I'm, it's just not my thing. I look at the dad shoe and 
I don't know how it got so fashionable, but it is. Or it was. I don't know if it is anymore. But fashion, that that trendy fashion is ugly. Like Kanye stuff that he released. You didn't like it? Uh-uh. You didn't like the Yeezys? No. No, I didn't. But what do I know? Not anything about any of that. But uh, we do know about the Bible. A little bit at least. That's our thing. And I feel like that's where we can get along really well. Yeah. And that's what we're here to talk about this morning. So if you've got your Bibles, read along with us, or if you're planning to read after this. Put on your Yeezys sure, and join us. <laughs> make sure you do that. Um, but uh, we are in Psalm 96, 97, and 98 this morning, and Romans chapter 12. So Psalm 96, 97, 98, and Romans chapter 12. And uh, Psalm 96 opens with a, a, a call to uh, to creation, really, in a sense, to sing to the Lord. In fact, verses one and two, there's three times this repetition, sing to the Lord, sing to the Lord, sing to the Lord, and then jump down to verses seven, eight, and nine, or seven and eight, rather. And there's another repetition three times over that says, ascribe to the Lord, ascribe to the Lord, ascribe to the Lord. Uh, Psalm 29 had a lot of the same language in, contained in it there, and, and these themes are repeating themselves again here in Psalm 96, but to ascribe is to attribute something. It's to, it's to, uh, to give something worth or to attribute value to it. And in here, we're doing that to the Lord and the call in the Psalm is the entirety of creation. Everyone is supposed to glorify God and praise him and worship him. And verse three, to to declare his glory among the nations uh, for great is he verse four and greatly to be praised. So there's two motives here that are given in the Psalm that we find for why we should all of us, everyone in all of creation should worship God. The first one is because he's worthy of it in verse four. He is great and he's greatly to be praised. He's to be feared above all gods. So we worship because God is worthy of it. And then the second motivation though comes towards the end in verse 12 or verse uh, 13 rather, where it says uh, that backing up, I guess, yeah, start in verse 12. Then shall all the trees of the forest sing for joy before the Lord for he comes And then here's the second motivation for he comes to judge the earth. He will judge the world in righteousness and the peoples in his faithfulness. So why should everyone worship God here and now? Well, number one, because he's worthy of it. And number two, because when he comes and he will come, he's going to come to judge. And so we want to be worshiping him now and not worshiping him in, in forced obeisance when he does come back to, to judge the world. Yeah, this theme is going to carry over to Psalm 98, which ends in a very similar, almost word-for-word kind of way. So I think that the Psalms that we're reading right now really focus on God's majesty and his judgment, his just judgment, which is the the impetus, the reason for why we're going to sing a song like this. The Psalms are not songs that are, mer- are merely uh, passed down to us verbally. I, th- I think my guess anyway, is that in heaven, we're going to be singing songs like this. I, th- I think these are going to carry through. God's word abides forever um, is what the scriptures say. So I wonder if that will sing this. And because in heaven, we're going to have a much closer understanding of what it means that God judges justly. We'll be able to see the unfolding of his just judgment across all of human history. We're going to see the culmination of it. And I think with obvious, uh, with obvious uh, support here, we're going to celebrate God's justice. It's hard right now because we're waiting for his justice to come to the fore. But when the day finally does come and he sets all things right, I think we can have great reason to celebrate. And maybe we should celebrate that now. Did you catch in in verse one there uh, that it says, sing to the Lord a new song. Oh, I sure did. In Revelation. I added four new songs to our set list this weekend. Okay, great. Awesome. No, but in in Revelation, it's said there that the saints are singing a new song as well. And I wonder if there's a a connection there 
between this and that. And uh, some commentators were trying to, to shed some light on what they mean by a new song, that, that God is worthy of fresh worship, that he's worthy of something that's not stale, that we should be thoughtful and intentional. But I do wonder if there's a, a little bit of a, a forecalling to what we'll be doing in, in eternity, to, to your point that you just made. Well, let me sound like I'm contradicting myself, <laughs> but I don't think I am. Uh, so one of the things that has always bothered me about modern day worship is that it's so predictable. It's so stale. It's so boring, which is why I, I really love, I mean, I love the new stuff because it's complex. It's rich in, uh, in dynamics. Some of the new stuff has elements musically that are honestly hard for a team to do. They're hard, they're hard music to play. And they're sometimes really hard to sing at the same time, which is, which is the reason why some of the older stuff is, is so predictable and normal that's within a really tight vocal range which makes it easier for everyone to participate but the trade-off in that is that you create music that's kind of like ah okay i have to kind of psych myself up we're gonna sing it i'm gonna like it right it's it's rich in meaning so i'm gonna do it anyway but man god is infinitely creative why do we handcuff ourselves into something so black and white two-dimensional i can't wait for heaven even though we'll be using much of this much of the same music i suspect I think the expression of it will be in every tribe, tongue, and language that we have access to. So culturally, it'll be a hodgepodge of some of the best that every culture has to offer God, and we'll enjoy the fruit of that. People will be dancing. They, I, I can't wait, man. Dancing. I, I love it. I love dan- I'm love. i not the best dancer, but man, I, I'm going to get my groove on in heaven. Yeah. Well, Psalm, Psalm 97 then, as Pastor Rod mentioned a minute ago, these Psalms are, are focusing on the majesty of God, and that theme continues here in Psalm 97. Um, but this time, the, the depiction is not so much one of a, a joyful element, but it, it kind of continues uh, from the end of Psalm 96, depicting the Lord's return as the conquering victorious king. And, uh, and it's, it's a, a Psalm that's praising him as a powerful uh, ruler. In verse three, fire goes before him, burns up his adversaries all around. His lightnings light up the world. The earth sees and trembles. The mountains melt like wax before the Lord, before the Lord of the earth. This is a, an intense scene. And then the, the call on us in response, verse 10 is, hey, you who love the Lord hate evil. Why? Well, because this is what the Lord does. If we look at verses three through five, he is there to consume the adversary, to consume that which is evil and wicked. So we as his followers should hate the things that are evil. Um, it's good for us, Christian, to uh, to have our skin crawl when we see wickedness and evil things in this world. And there's a, a difficulty there sometimes to differentiate between what is righteous indignation and what is selfish indignation or selfish um, anger or repulsion. But there's a sense in which we as followers of, of a holy God should be repulsed by that which is evil. And that's what we see here in verse 10. And instead, what we should do, verse 12, is rejoice in the Lord. Hate that which is evil instead rejoice in the Lord, you his righteous ones, and give thanks to his holy name. Yeah, this is actually going to show up in today's New Testament reading, if you didn't catch it already. Hating evil, uh, abhorring what is evil, according to Romans 12, is something that we're called to do both in the Old Testament and the New. Yep. Psalm 98 then um, continues this theme of praising God, make a joyful noise to the Lord. We've, we've heard that before and, and we've talked about that, but there it is in Psalm 98. One again, oh, sing to the Lord. Here it is, a new song. Boom. Um, this psalm was actually included in the common book of prayer. And the common book of prayer is not something that we utilize in our worship services. Not but, common to us. Uh, right. But the Episcopal Church or the Anglican Church will employ that in their, what's called their liturgy. The liturgy, we have a liturgy. Our liturgy is... Not formal. Is, right, well... Our, 
one could argue our liturgy is two songs announcements two songs sermon for now song I mean, right. I was thinking about doing three or four before announcements, but okay. Right. But just the point is a, a liturgy at its face value is just the order of worship. Right. And you'll hear about a liturgical church, perhaps. And a liturgical church is one that is often like the Episcopalian church or Catholic church or Lutheran church, where that order of service has a lot of pomp and circumstance surrounding it. Well, the Episcopalian <laughs> Lots church- Lots of people graduating. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> if in case you don't know, that's the name of that song. Right. It is the name of that song. And it's also just a phrase. But uh, the Episcopalian Church, the Anglican Church, took this psalm, they took it straight out of here and put it in their common book of prayer. It's referred to by its Latin title, which is cantate domino. Cantate meaning sing in Latin, domino meaning Lord. So sing to the Lord, which is the opening line here of Psalm 91. Sing to the Lord a new song. And he goes on and encourages and and admonishes us and exhorts us to praise the Lord for what he has done. Make a joyful noise to the Lord. Verse four, all the earth break forth into joyous song and sing praises. I read that this week and I was just thinking, man, that's going to be so cool to have all of creation sing to the Lord in, in that, even that, that metaphorical sense of, of creation singing its song to the, the creator, right? And in, in the way that it it blossoms and blooms and, and does what it was created to do by God. Like that's just a, a cool scene that came to mind as I was reading that part of this psalm. I agree. What, what a neat idea. I think you only see this in movies where people break out in a song and it's like, oh, oh, I guess we're singing now. We're flash singing. mobs. Yeah, flash mobs. I guess there, there's something like that. But in movies, I'm delighted. I like when there's a good song and dance number, especially when the song and dance is upbeat and fun. Um, maybe, I, maybe God's a really big fan of musicals. And so in heaven, when we're hanging out, Maybe Pastor PJ, someone like me, would break out in a song and dance. And get this, maybe you would join. I have no doubt that you will break out in a song and dance. And maybe you'll join in your perfected body, and you'll be moving and shaking your hips like they don't lie. Dude, I, I was in a musical in high school. In a musical. I was in a musical. What's the, What was a musical? Wait, wait, wait. Let us guess. Hold okay. on. Everyone take a guess. What musical was Pastor PJ in in high school? Da, 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 Give him a couple da, seconds. Da, da. Okay. okay. I'm going to guess... Go for it. I'm going to guess uh, the death of a salesman, the musical version. No, no, no. Going to get a second guess. Yes. Uh, cats. You were the lead cat. I no. <laughs> I was not. No. Seven brides for seven brothers. Oh, you know, you told me this. I like, was I a forgot. bad guy. I was a suitor. You're one of the suitors. Yep. Hey, those guys dance really well though. In the, in the movie, I, I appreciated that dance number. Yeah, I did it because my, my best friend was doing it. And I think there was a girl that I had a crush on that was doing it as mm. well. And so I tried out and got a part in it. And then I realized I had to put on makeup. And <laughs> so that's when I was like, man. this is the last this time I'm going to do this. You don't yeah. put makeup on in baseball or football? No. My team did. We no. did it all the time. We yeah. looked great out there. Did you? Yeah. <laughs> hey, so what does it mean then when the guy sings, bless your beautiful hide? <laughs> I don't know. That wasn't my line. I, 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 I just, I was, yeah. Is he talking about her, her rumpus? I probably. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> bless your beautiful hide. <laughs> I don't know, man. <laughs> all right. If you haven't seen Seven Brides for Seven Brothers, do yourself a favor. It's, it's, it. it's a classic for a reason. Yeah. It's worth having in your family's library. Uh, but the first number... The guy sings, bless your beautiful hide, which I, I mean, I don't know. My, my ears just assume that he's talking about her, her person, her, yeah. her rumpus, her posterior, her posterior. Yeah. Or maybe he's talking about, so yeah, maybe, maybe it's a synecdoche, um, where you, the one part represents There's the whole. So you. he's talking about her whole personage. Perhaps. Probably. Yeah. Maybe he's talking about her brain. Like, I really love the way that you think. I definitely don't think that's on the table for interpretation. intellect possibility. You don't think that's possible? No. Okay. 
No, but just cool. This Psalm, Psalm 98, the one that we're talking about, we're talking about Psalm 98, by the way. Um, Just that creation is just exploding in the worship of God. Let the sea roar, let the rivers clap their hands, personifying creation there. That's the day's coming when this will happen and it's going to be outstanding to be a part of that and to see that and to join in with it and be like, yes, God is good. And to, uh, to praise him along with his creation. Amen. Well, let's go to Romans chapter 12. We are now out of Romans chapter nine, 10 and 11. And, uh, we're kind of thankful for that. We're, we're, it's, it's so good and it's helpful and it's important for us to, to, to wrap our minds around this and to wrestle with these things. But in Romans chapter 12, in fact, the first word in Romans chapter 12 is, well, it's I, but he essentially is, is drawing a conclusion. He says, I appeal to you, here's the word, therefore, right? Mm. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers. So the therefore, again, we, it's a joke in a lot of circles, but it's helpful in interpretive principles to say, when you see therefore, you ask, what's the therefore, therefore? And so we ask that question, and, and the answer is everywhere that we've just been. And you say, well, in chapter 11? Yeah, in chapter 11 and 10 and 9, and eight seven six five four three two one. Paul is pivoting here from a, a, an intense opening of systematic theology and doctrine, where he's been dealing mostly with the doctrines of salvation, which we call soteriology, where we get the, that word is so sotero is from the Greek word for salvation, and ology is the 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 study of right. So the study of salvation and then sanctification. Those two doctrines are have taken up a lot of Romans chapters one through eleven, and now he's getting to what do we do with that? And this is common in Pauline literature. He does this in Ephesians. He spends the first three chapters on the indicatives or the true statements, the facts about God and doctrine, and then he pivots in chapter. Th- four and four, five, and six are more of the exhortations, the imperatives. What do we do with that, right? You see that some in, in Philippians as well. So this is a, a Pauline move that he makes here, and he moves to uh, draw a conclusion from where we've been to what he wants us to do with it. And he begins with two pretty familiar verses here, where he talks about presenting our bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is our spiritual worship. Now, Pastor Rod, I want to throw it to you on this, because as we were wrapping up our last episode, you mentioned a connection, and you mentioned an unfortunate chapter division here. So why don't you speak to that um, as it relates to these verses? So if you recall in one of our last episodes, you might notice that God was talking a lot about his mercy, specifically in chapter 11, verse 32, God has consigned all to disobedience, all without exception, or not all without exception, all without distinction. And he says, carrying on in verse 32, that he may have mercy on all. So God's intention was ultimately to display and even highlight his mercy and his gracious character. So Paul, on the heels of all of that, after the doxology at the end of chapter 11, where Paul says, for from him and through him and to him are all things. To him be the glory forever. Amen. He says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, pretend like chapter 12 isn't there. Pretend like the number isn't there and just read it all as one flow of thought. And the feel of it is just like, okay, this makes perfect sense now. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by this very mercy that we've all enjoyed. Two, and and that too, what, what, what do you say after that, Paul? What's What would come into your mind if you were to say, man, uh, I think I would say, well, worship God, right? Worship him, sing a song to him, sing a new song to God because of all this incredible truth that he just dropped on you. But he says something that I think is far more profound. Present your body, your whole person, your whole self. Present yourself as a, not a dead sacrifice. A sacrifice is meant to be killed and laid on the altar. No, you're a sacrifice that perpetually lives to offer God uh, acceptable, rational, spiritual worship. Now, that's something that maybe you could talk about, Pastor PJ. There's a, there's a little number next to my Bible here. 
that says um, it's either spiritual worship or your rational service. I tend to lean on the rational service translation. What are your thoughts about that? Yeah, I think that that lends to where he goes from here because where he goes from here is to very tangible, um, tactile uh, points of application. Like this is what our life should look like. And when we leave it in this realm of spiritual worship, it, it leaves it somewhat amorphous for us. And instead it's, it's this, this is what makes sense for us to do in light of everything that God has done for us. And so this is right. our, our logical, this is our rational in, in light of all this, this is what we should do. Like this makes sense for us to now live differently. Um, and that begins with uh, what we want to look like. And, and that's verse two. Don't, don't look like the world. Don't be conformed to the patterns of this world. But instead, he says, be transformed by the renewal of your mind. Uh, the renewal of your mind, it comes from what? Well, first and foremost, through bathing your mind in the scriptures. That's what is going to renew your mind better than anything else. The world's wisdom is not going to provide that. The, no matter how much education you get, how much, uh, how smart you are, how many times you get the wordle in one or two, um, you that's the, the wisdom of the world will not renew your mind, but the wisdom of God does renew your mind. And that's what we find in the scriptures. And we're going to get to Psalm 19 not long from now, or Psalm 119 not long from now. And that's going to speak a lot about what the benefits of, of the scriptures are and how that renewal process looks. Um, but that's that's our 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 response to everything that God has done, we want to present ourselves as a living sacrifice, which is the rational response. What does that look like? Well, that's uh, the rest of chapter 12, 13 and, and 14, really. But in chapter 12 here, he talks about the unity of the body next. And, and this is an important concept because he, he's stressing humility here. He's stressing uh, oneness. He's stressing unity, uh, which is important for us when we consider that all of our legs have just been cut out from under us throughout the rest of the, the book of Romans so far. It's been, it's not, you're not good enough. You're not holy enough. You're, you can't be justified by the law. And since we're all in the same boat, hey, you know what? God's gifted different people in different ways. And all of us need to be working together now as a, a team working to, to present ourselves as a living body or as a living sacrifice, rather. We're all working together now towards a common goal and a common end. And so there's that exhortation to body unity that mir- mirrors a lot of what he says in 1 Corinthians 12. Well, isn't it fascinating though, Pastor PJ, that the, that's the that's the first place he goes. Like he says, make your body a living sacrifice. And, he, and I would expect, okay, so let love be genuine, hate what's evil. He starts first with, if, if you're offering yourself as a living sacrifice, it will have immediate ramifications for body life. Mm. The way that you interact with other Christians will be one of the first things that's impacted by your living as a sacrifice unto God. Is that, is, I mean, am I reading too much into that? No, I think that's helpful. And I, I do also think that reminds us of the the dual context here, right? There's the context that's that's transcendent of all time, that we read the Bible and it applies no matter where you are, in what generation you are, these things are true for us. And yet, Paul was writing to a specific group at a specific time facing specific issues. And so it's possible that one of the reasons why he goes there in Romans 12 right after that is because this was one of the most needed points of application as a result of everything that he'd been talking about through. We don't have anything specific. He doesn't talk about anybody divisive in the body like he does in the other letters, but maybe that's why it's there. But other than that, we know that Paul had a very high ecclesiology. That is a view of the church. He, he held the church in very high regard. And so it, it makes sense that he would stress that right off the bat. But I agree. It is surprising when you consider the other commands that are given in Romans 12 following. What an important point for us to consider and, and highly prize, prioritize the body of, of Christ mm-hmm. and to make sure that we're giving substantial effort and time and energy to it because it's important to him and it's important to God. Which has been so encouraging with this church plant. 
I mean, we have, we've seen so many people step up. So many of you listening right now. Yeah, fulfilling have, this. I've been doing this. And it's such a blessing to Pastor Rod and I um, to see that at work and to see that happen. And we are so encouraged by that. So right. excel still more. Uh, press on in that. But thank you for being that way. The rest of this chapter, I, I just wrote next to it in the, my margin, thick, right? Thick. It's just there's so many rapid fire. nuggets, rapid fire in here that are just good and all of it really is about how to live out this this call to unity within the body of Christ. It's all most of it is relational. It's about how we love one another and that's why he starts let love be genuine. Uh, let your mind go back to the law of Christ here, right? Love God with all that you are and love others as yourself. And so there's some important overflow into what that should practically look like for us as we go through here. Uh, just amazing statements. Do not be slothful in zeal. Be fervent in spirit. Serve the Lord. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in tribulation. Be constant. I mean, just those. That's like six commands right there that each one could be a, a, its own sermon. Um, as you think through the, the implications for us. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. Uh, so just a, a, a great text here for us to, to think about, to marinate on, and to, to hold our lives up to, really, and to say, am I doing this? How am I doing in these areas? And where do I have room to grow in this? Anytime you see a, an inventory in scripture, be it this one or Colossians 3 or Galatians 5, it's it's worthwhile taking our, our these inventories and holding our lives up to them and saying, okay, how am I doing in these areas? That's right. Always a good question. Well, y'all, that's the daily Bible reading for today. We are... Uh, Tomorrow, jumping in, continuing with, with the, the book of Psalms, and we'll be in Romans chapter 13 for tomorrow as well. So join us again for another episode of the Daily Bible Podcast. See you tomorrow. Hey, thanks for joining us for another episode of the Daily Bible Podcast. We hope and pray this has been a blessing to you and your time in the Word. If it has, if you would subscribe to this podcast, leave a like, leave a comment, and share it with some friends and family, that would be awesome. If you need more information about Compass Bible Church here in North Texas, you can go to compassntx.org. Again, that's compassntx.org, and we'll be back with you tomorrow for another episode of the Daily Bible Podcast. Yeah.